Hey guys, welcome back to Foodie Facts on Sheridan Life Radio. And thank you once again for coming and listening to me just talk all about food for the entire podcast. So thank you. Um, this episode I am really excited about. It's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> I keep saying that every episode. Anyways, um, it is one of my favorite things as everything else. And because of that, I'm, I'm just going to get started. This episode is all about curries. So if you've ever gone to a Thai restaurant or an Indian restaurant or maybe even a Middle Eastern restaurant, you've probably had curry in some form or the other. Uh, Maybe even your family makes it, your mom, or maybe even you've tried it. Curry is almost everywhere today and I think that's amazing because it's a lovely dish. Curry itself, the word, is such a broad definition for a large variety of dishes and I think there's no one way of making curry it's such a personalized thing what I mean by that is I don't think you can ever replicate someone's curry for example um, like my mom she makes her own curry and no matter how many times I try or even I know even if I will try it's never going to be the same Uh, My aunt who makes curry, her curries always taste different from the curry that I can buy like in a shop. So that's what I mean by personalized. It's it's very specific to some people, like they have their own spices or they use certain things or maybe they don't add this or they add this instead. So that's what I mean by it's pretty personalized. And just, and so just like people, all these countries that make curry, they make it in their very own way, even though they probably use the same ingredients like coconut milk or cumin. So in the Caribbean, like in Guyana, in Trinidad or in Barbados, uh, curry is a very large part of our culture and that's because we have East Indian influence. But the funny thing is, even though we do have curry, lots of them especially, they do not taste the same like those in India, even though that is where it's transcended from. That's what's amazing about curry is that so many different countries have it, yet none of them taste the same. For example, like Indonesia, Cambodia, Vietnam, Pakistan, all of these places have various curries. Even England, has named curry as one of their national dishes. Curry usually includes a lot of spices and a lot of herbs like turmeric, cumin, and ginger. And these can be used whole as they are. They can be used ground or cooked or raw. It's really an expansive dish. So you can have dry curries that don't have as much gravy or sauce, or you can have wet ones, which like the name suggests, have much more gravy or sauce with them. The word curry itself came about partly from the Tamil word kari, so K-A-R-I, which means vegetables or meats that are cooked with spices. It's also derived from the French verb queer, which means to cook. Our first region that we're going to touch on is Bangladesh or West Bengal. And here, meat is very popular in their dishes, especially seafood. Mustard seed and mustard oil are some of the main ingredients in our dishes and one of their popular curries that they do is beef curry. So in addition to fish being one of the main ingredients or one of the main um, meals or dishes, they do tend to use a lot of dried fruits and nuts as well. It is said that the Bengali population is responsible for establishing the curry house industry in England. So it could be that because of these guys, that's how curries kind of started to come into England because England does have a very very popular curry house culture. Moving on to Afghanistan, uh, when I actually look 
or think of Afghani cuisine, it strikes me as more Middle Eastern rather than Asian. However, they do have some delicious curries as well. And the one that I'm going to talk about is korma. Korma can be made with either chicken or beef, and it's a popular Afghani dish. It has lots of spices, yogurt, and dal. So spices-wise, there's ginger, there's turmeric roots, there's garlic, onion. So first you'd cook the chicken or the beef for about like 8 minutes or so, remove that, and then go in with the spices and you kind of like stir up all the garlic and ginger and onion. So you reduce that to a low heat. And then you add the yogurt, the turmeric, and the salt. All of that comes to a really savory, nice boil. And you can add back your meat and just let all of it simmer. Of course, there is more. You add chana or split peas and dried plums into the recipe. And then you can dice some tomatoes, some chilies, like green or red chilies. And there you go. You have a really nice, lovely, thick curry. And it's usually served with some red onion rings and lime wedges at the side. So that sounds absolutely delicious. So when we think of curry, or usually when I think of curry at least, India more often than not comes to mind. What I really do admire about Indian cuisine, and of course some of the other nearby countries as well, is that a lot of their food is vegetarian. They've got so many delicious meals that they make just out of various vegetables like eggplant or peppers or even things like paneer instead of meat. Now India has a lot of regions and in each of these regions they have their own way or their own style of making curries. A lot of their curries are water based but there are a few that use coconut milk as their base. So you probably know the usual curries like chicken tikka masala or butter chicken. These are great Indian foods. But they're not only influenced by culture, but also by tradition and religion. So that's really why there's so much grand variety of vegetarian dishes. Religion-wise, a lot of people probably wouldn't eat pork, some wouldn't eat beef, some wouldn't eat any meat at all. So that's why there's a lot of different options in the Indian cuisine. There's actually even different types of curries that are categorized by what ingredients are used or how those ingredients are cooked. So for example, achari curries are usually made with pickling spices. That's because the word achar means pickle. So for example, mustard seed oil is an important ingredient for these kinds of curries. A biryani on the other hand is a curry dish that includes basmati rice, spices, herbs, and usually some sort of curd or yogurt. Traditionally, it is made with mutton, but any vegetable or meat would do. Another example is a Jaipur curry, which is where you'd use coconut milk and chicken. It's really named after the capital of the Rajasthan region in India. And of course, the one that everyone knows, tikka masala, is a dish where you would roast pieces of marinated chicken in a slightly spicy sauce. But there are other really delicious ones like palak paneer, which consists of a pureed spinach gravy and cubes of cheese. I know that sounds weird, but trust me on this, it tastes so amazing you'd never know that it's actually spinach. There's chana masala made with chickpeas, tomatoes, and various spices. And so there's countless more Indian curries, and many of them are eaten alongside rice or naan, or even a bread that's called batura. I think it's a very, very rich cuisine, and it's definitely worth trying. Not that any of the other countries have rich cuisine as well, but for a fact, I know that Indian food is delicious. Moving towards Pakistan, they have very similar dishes to that of northern India, but of course, there's always something distinguishing about each culture's food. 
So one of their curries is mutton kadai, where you'd have either mutton or beef as a common ingredient. However, you'd probably hardly hear the term curry in Pakistan. What you'd more likely hear are regional terms like salan or shorba. Again, just like in India, there are different curries that depend on the different cooking style, but a popular one is karahi. This is where a meat is cooked in a karahi. Karahi is a cooking utensil that looks very much like a wok, but it's not exactly a wok. And actually, we do use karahis in the Caribbean. So again, all of these things are so connected. Here you have Pakistan using karahis, and all the way down in the Caribbean use the same thing. Thailand is well known for categorizing their curries not by the cooking style, but actually by their color. So there's red, yellow, and green curries. And that's thanks to the type of chilies that are used in each curry. So I didn't really know this, I just thought that they just name it after the color, but I never really knew that it's actually the chilies that are responsible for the color. So traditionally, all of these curries would have the same ingredient except for the chilies. For red curry, you use a bunch of red chilies, and the same thing goes for the other two curries. But of course, over time, this has changed and there's a lot of additional changes to the curries. So green curry is probably the most popular one, and sometimes to get a more vibrant green, persons would add things like cilantro or basil or kaffir lime leaves. Apparently it's the spiciest of curries, but it's also sweet, so that's thanks to the coconut milk that they use. Red curry is second on the spicy scale, and it gets its color from red curry paste, which is usually made by crushing of like tons of red chilies with garlic and ginger and lemongrass. Some persons do use chili powder instead of a large amount of the paste, but either way, you get the color red. Like green curry, uh, coconut milk is added as well, and often you'd find people including meats or vegetables like pumpkin or eggplant in the curry. Finally, you have the mildest of them all, yellow curry. There are different variants of this curry, but the most common is when you add coconut cream into it. That makes it really rich. There's also gold curry, which is spicier. Elephant curry, that's spicy as well, but it doesn't have coconut milk. And orange curry, which is slightly tangy or sour in taste. So all of these yellow curries do have the main ingredients like turmeric and cumin and yellow mustard seeds but these one or two ingredients make them slightly different. But those aren't all the Thai curries, there are many more like Panang curry and Masaman curry, which actually has a Persian and Indian influence, so it would include things like potatoes and peanuts. Now, Cambodia has interesting curry as well, and like the UK, they've claimed it as one of their national dishes. Amok is a semi-sweet curry made with fish, and it's served in a banana leaf bowl. Now, unlike the usual wet gravy curries, this curry actually has uh, more of a custard consistency. So in it, you'd have lemongrass, lime leaves, fish sauce, a little bit of palm sugar, and some turmeric paste. And you'd also add, of course, the fish, which is usually a white flaky fish. So for example, you could use halibut or cod, and that would be cooked with those ingredients in a coconut cream and powder. 
Some people actually even use an egg. Traditionally, the fish would be steamed in that banana leaf, but because it takes so long, uh, oftentimes it's just used for presentation these days. Now for an even more interesting fact about Cambodian and also Vietnamese curries is that they're not served with the typical rice or naan or roti or that kind of bread. They're actually served with baguettes. And that's because um, both Cambodia and Vietnam have had in their history a French influence. So a lot of times you'd see that baguette style of bread being used. So like I've mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that, um, you know, in the Caribbean, curry is very popular, like absolutely popular, right? In, in Guyana, if you go by your aunt, you probably get served curry. If you go in a restaurant, there is definitely curry on the menu. If you go to maybe a birthday gathering, there's curry. If you go to some kind of like reception or an event, curry is always an option. And I don't think anyone in the Caribbean can say, or maybe for a matter of fact in the world, can say that they don't like curry. I feel like that can't be true. I mean, it's such a beautiful dish that I see it impossible to not like it. Of course, that's just me being me and that's my opinion because um, I really love curry. One thing I do want to talk about uh, with curry with respect to Guyana and probably definitely throughout the Caribbean is how curry is served and especially the event at which it is most popularly served. We have these religious events that are called um, Jandis or Pujas, or actually even at Hindu weddings, they serve you something called seven curry. And that's because they serve you seven different types of curry. So, yeah. Um, and sadly enough, uh, I think one of the top reasons people actually show up to these events is because of the curry. Um, sometimes we just want curry and that's, that's, that's the only reason why we go, but no one has to know that. Anyways. Um, that's just a, I'm just joking. Uh, of course, we do respect the religious event and everything, but the curry is a big, big magnet, so it works in a good way. It, it's all good. So after these religious events would finish, persons would come around and give each person a big lotus leaf. So stick with me. Um, so it's a big lotus leaf. And of course, it's been washed and cleaned and dried and everything. And then you would have different sets of people come around with large containers or pots or whatever with the different curries and serve everyone a little bit of each curry. You have your leaf, like your plate, and you have all of these different types of curries and you can eat it with rice or with roti or with puri. And of course, sometimes they give you pepper or a chutney or an achar. It's amazing. Everything always tastes super delicious. But the most fun part about eating at a jandi or a puja or an Indian wedding or anything is that you eat it with your hands. So yes, this is the one time your mom can't tell you that you can't eat with your hands because that's how you do it. You just, you just get all in there and eat with your hands. And I'll have you know, like it's it tastes way better when you eat with your hands. I don't know why, but it does. So that's one of the really fun parts about eating curry. And we do kind of have this joke. Uh, whenever you go to a jandi or so on, you try and name the seven different types of curries. Of course, there are many more curries than that. So you'd kind of go off naming like, oh, chana curry, potato curry, but there's also hasa curry or beef curry or chicken curry and so um, my dad even makes a joke that there's even curry curry so that's just to give you an idea of how many curries there are exactly 
and that's just in this very one region compared to the entire world where there are so many different types of curries. So it's, it's pretty endless, I think. I don't think anyone can ever name all the different types of curries. Also another uh, just an interesting fact is that usually when you go to these religious events, um, they don't serve meat of any kind, so usually what you find is all, all of the curries are vegetarian. All of them taste amazing. Like you'd have very different curries too, um, aside from just like chana or chickpea curry, you have something like mango curry or egg curry even. So they're really creative in how they make their curries and what ingredients they use. And this is like generally in all these different types of curries. So besides Guyana, a lot of other Caribbean countries have amazing curries as well. In Trinidad, Jamaica, and even the Bahamas, you can find chicken curry, crab curry, goat curry, beef, mutton, and even shrimp curry. And let me tell you, all of them taste amazing. We also have a little funny saying or like a local proverb, hurry uh, hurry make bad curry, which really means, you know, if you rush something, you're going to end up with a very poor product or a very poor outcome. So just a little proverb to keep in mind. Um, don't rush things and just take your time, especially with food, because food can actually sense when you fear it. If you don't put all the feeling and all the love into cooking, you're not going to get your best dish. So yeah. one very important tip though i will give you which is actually a tip from my dad is if you ever get a curry stain especially the very deep colored curries do not leave it on your clothes like it's gonna stain and it's gonna stay there so what you do is actually take a generous amount of salt just moisten it a little bit like make sure it's pretty wet and clumpy and just kind of laden it all over that stain and leave it the salt is gonna help carry out that stain like my dad says curry is a funny guy it does not just go away that easily so heads up if you ever do get a stain I'm probably gonna stop the episode here before I talk way much more about curry. Thank you guys for listening once again to Foodie Facts. And I encourage all of you, please go out and try more curries. Curry is so amazing. It's such a wonderful food. Like, I'm speechless. I can't even tell you how great it is. And if you're interested in any of these cultures' ways of making curry, give it a check up online. They're so interesting. The different ways that they, they're made and the different ingredients, yet they kind of look the same, but they don't look the same and they probably taste completely different. But I'm sure they're all very special and delicious in their very own way. So check it out and also like check out how the different regions do eat it as well. It's pretty interesting to see how different cultures eat the different foods that they have, not just how they cook it differently. I mean, it, it's really interesting to see that aspect of the food as well, and not just how it's prepared. So, thank you guys and see you next time.